If a commuter train carrying 450 passenger I don't know what my time is. If a commuter train carrying 450 passengers leaves Gary and heads west at a speed of 50 miles an hour, and at precisely the same time, a semi-trailer truck carrying 30 pallets of consumer electronics leaves Evansville and heads east at a speed of 65 miles per hour. What does it matter if they and other Hoosier travelers can't get where they want to go quickly, safely, and cheaply? Economic development leaders point out that when it comes to job creation, business-friendly tax policies, and highly trained workers don't mean a thing if the state's transportation infrastructure is inadequate. Here to explore the issue, our Republican representative, Ed Soliday of Valparaiso, a former United Airlines pilot, flight manager, and vice president who now serves as chairman of the House Roads and Transportation Committee, Democratic Representative Dan Forrestal of Indianapolis, the ranking minority member of that committee, former State Representative Troy Woodruff, chief of staff at the Indiana Department of Transportation, and Noblesville Mayor John Ditzler, a third-term Republican. And I thank you all for uh, being here and helping me through that story problem. I, if I had flashbacks there to uh, high school uh, math, and well, we all know how that went. <laughs> we're, we're the crossroads of America, or, or at least that's our reputation. Are we at risk of losing that distinction? No, uh, we will always be the crossroads of America. It just depends how bumpy the road is going to be. I mean, we have this unique position at the south end of Lake Michigan uh, that most of the traffic goods, people, services have to cross through our land. So we have this responsibility, if you will, to keep commerce moving across the country. And are we doing everything, uh, Representative Forstall, that you think we need to be doing in that regard? Well, I, I think we're making some key steps uh, in that direction. Um, I think most people would agree that infrastructure is one of the areas where the, the dollars put towards it is an investment. Uh, I think people see it as important and therefore they uh, tend to support, you know, doing things like making sure that we have uh, nice roads to travel and things like that. Uh, there's no doubt that we are seeing a shortfall right now in, in funding and things like that. We're having to come up with ways to address that, um, and I, I think we're moving in that direction. Troy Woodruff, now back in the days when you could still see Indiana's roads under the snow and ice, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I shouldn't be flippant, but that's been a $3 million proposition, uh, I think unexpected consequence, consequence or financial impact. The governor said he's calling a pothole surge to try to uh, eradicate the problem. Is that a blip or is that uh, that source, that initial uh, impact of that funding really going to affect uh, road construction and road repairs for some time? Well, with the type of winter we've had, obviously this is a little bit more expensive than a, a normal winter season. But you have to remember, uh, what, two years ago before the Super Bowl, we had you know, 55 degrees uh, over Super Bowl weekend. We had a very light winter. Oh, so I it's, remember those days. It's yeah. Yeah, exactly long for those days. But uh, uh, it's very seasonal. Uh, having a blip, a three, four, five million dollar overage on a on a tough winter, uh, it has a little bit of an impact. But at the end of the day, you know, we plan for every eventuality, and so we just have to absorb it, move on. We'll make some adjustments in how we finish out our fiscal year. But for the most part. Uh, we should be all right. We have a lot of great people, and they, they'll go out there and they'll get the job done, but we'll, we'll come up with the money, and we'll, we'll continue to take care of our infrastructure. All right. If my hubcaps end up somewhere other than on my That's uh, tires, right. well, we know where to come. File that tort claim and <laughs> let us know about it. <laughs> Mayor, we've heard uh, people talking about the, the state as a whole. Mm -hmm. You represent a community, and it's growing rapidly. I, 
if uh, I've checked the numbers and you've been in office uh, since so 2004, four. you've almost seen a doubling, almost in population up to about, what, 55? Actually, uh, you're right, because in uh, 2000, we were 28,000. Uh, we did a special uh, survey or uh, in thir and 39,000 in 2005, and in 2010, we were uh, about 52, 51, 769, but who's counting? And many of those people <coughs> and we work think in Indianapolis, for instance? Few, yes, and, they and do. And, of course, mm -hmm. uh, lots Certainly. of uh, also corporations and, and facilities up there. How tough is it as a mayor of a community growing that rapidly to keep pace with the need for road and transportation changes? It's, uh, it's definitely a challenge. Uh, uh, we do have to keep up. We, I think, do a good job trying to really plan and vision ahead of time. And, uh, for example, our corporate campus, we had that funded and still have uh, room to grow and, and plenty of opportunities for uh, folks to come to Noblesville. Um, but um, it takes a lot of vision and planning, and, of course, money is always a, a problem. But nonetheless, uh, it is a challenge that we face and uh, will continue to, to go on. Okay, everybody here has said something about money being uh, the challenge in all of this, which, which I guess is uh, somewhat a statement of the obvious when you're repairing and building roads. It's holiday, uh, you and, and Mike Pence's administration and others have at least a partial solution in the form of legislation that would redirect some money from a trust fund that just last session lawmakers had set aside as a long-term uh, proposition so that it could be drawn on in the future, about $400 million, the so-called Major Moves 2020 trust fund. Why tap that now? Well, first of all, uh, that was done by a few people at the last minute in the budget. Those of us who work on transportation issues knew that that money had to get into the system. We made about $13,000 of interest on that money. In the meantime, the inflation costs of maintaining roads has gone up significantly. Most of it is in petroleum products, and at the same time, roads are deteriorating, and that's true across America. Um, we need to increase capacity on I-65 and I-70, but we have to take care of what we've got first. We started a study three years ago, Representative Forrestal was part of that, Representative Delaney was part of that, and we looked at locals. We worked with the MPOs. There's almost $800 million of need out there in the, MP the Metropolitan Planning Organizations alone. INDOT, to have a good repave, rebuild cycle, probably needs close to $700 million. So the $400 million we got without raising taxes um, was needed just to uh, have a chance at staying where we are. So that money really is a trust fund. We will lose so much money if we keep it in there in real dollars uh, until 2020 that it makes no sense. And there was not a tax increase, you're right, directed no. uh, associated with that, but there was the redirection of, of right. one cent on the sales tax right. to a highway fund, insufficient? Not, a, not the long-term um, answer? Not if you look at what it costs. You have to remember, and, and Troy can uh, support me or not on this, a concrete road with the technology of 30 years ago lasts about 30 years, and you need to rebuild it all the way to the clay. So if it costs you a billion dollars to build it then, you need, plus inflation, a billion dollars to rebuild it. Asphalt, depending on where you are in the state, maybe 12 to 14 years. We have cities that are on 30-year uh, repave cycles. So when you get down and do the math and do it analytically, we have a pretty big nut to crack. Now, I have to tell you that if you look across America, 
we're in pretty good shape compared to the rest of the country. Mm -hmm. But again, you pay, this is like the oil commercial. Pay me now or pay me later. Are we going to leave it for our kids or are we going to do it ourselves? Well, this uh, measure passed out this week of roads and transportation on an 11 to 1 vote. Clearly, there, this is, there's some bipartisan support. Good idea to spend now? Uh, I think so. Uh, and I, I think adding to the problem is something we, we touched on a moment ago. If we have more winters like this one than we do uh, going forward, uh, like the one we had during the Super Bowl, uh, we're going to be really making some serious you know, fixes to the road. I mean, the chuck hole problem, pothole problem uh, has been substantial this winter. Mm -hmm. And I think if that is going to be the new normal going forward, uh, we're going to have to figure out ways to deal with that too. Uh, mass transit, uh, the bill that you referred to that passed out 11 to 1, uh, I think is a good investment for central Indiana. Uh, I've said that since uh, last session. I was a co-author on the bill uh, going, uh, going forward last session. And I still think that it's important to allow Hoosiers in, in the region to vote on whether or not they think that that is an, an important economic development tool that they, they think their area should have. And Troy Woodruff, your agency has a dozen high value projects, I think is the term you use, right. that would be, uh, I guess in the old days we used to say shovel ready, right? Is that uh, the old term? But uh, this, th those projects would be partially funded, clearly not fully funded by the $400 million that would be made available. Well, just to, to take you back a little bit on your financial discussion, um, when we think about what the legislature did last year um, in taking some of the gas tax dollars that were diverted to state police, et cetera, and replacing those dollars and putting them back into the transportation system, you know, we got somewhere around a hundred and some million locals got a hundred and some million dollars um, put into the MBH fund. That made us whole. And when I say whole, that means uh, when Representative Soliday says, you know, look, it cost NDOT about $700 million to take care. When we set our KPI, when we say, all right, all across the entire system of the state of Indiana, we want our roads, 92% of them, to be in good condition. So 92% of our roads should be in good condition. 100% would be ideal, but that's a little bit of a stretch goal right there. But 92%, you know, that seems to be the, the magic formula. And that, so we have enough money to take care of our system. Now you have all these other projects out there that what we would call uh, the extras or the, the needed projects, but there's no extra money available. Maybe lane expansions. Exactly. Cases. That's when you're talking about I-65, I-70, a little bit of I-69 expansion, uh, adding some capacity. I don't think that I can show you report after report that says we don't necessarily have a mobility problem. But if you're on 65, you can't tell me you enjoy that trip in. And so the reality is we do need some capacity. So these are good projects. We looked at the entire system, corridor to cor border to border. It would cost us somewhere around $8 billion if we wanted to add lanes from border to border, I-65, I-70. Uh, that's unrealistic. So what we've done is we said, all right, let's narrow it down to what can we do immediately, quickly. And so that's where we came up with those 12 projects that are very needed. We've gone ahead and started the development on them. We think we can have the majority of those projects under construction uh, next year. And when a transportation guy talks about being made whole, we should point out that it's W-H-O-L-E, not H-O-L-E. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right, always right. dangerous. People start to get nervous when they talk about uh, potholes and chuckles. Yeah, potholes and chuckles. Uh, Mayor, the, uh, there's $25 million in the bill as it, as it stands right now, mm -hmm. obviously uh, could change, that would be taken out and directed to local uh, projects. Right. 
how does that uh, does that does well, that make this a, a pretty attractive proposition for you? And, uh, and it's other it's certainly attractive. I mean, uh, any anything that we get over and above normal is is outstanding. I don't know the number Noblesville is going to get, um, but I think it will make a difference. Whether that's significant or not, I, I really don't know, and I probably should. But um, but yes, any any money that we get over and above what we would normally get. Uh, is, is a blessing. And is it a stretch for you now? I it's mean, a stretch. It, yes, it's a stretch for us. Back um, in the uh, during the recession, and we may still be there uh, a little bit. We had to cut our, our funding for paving, and uh, actually we had a survey, and it was kind of noticed a little bit, um, but because of, of lack of cost and not wanting to lay off any people and some of those problems. So um, we're coming back, and uh, that extra money does help so that we can get our paving up to where it should be uh, at all times. Now, this winter uh, certainly is going to affect our budgets uh, for the future, but uh, we're prepared. We'll, we'll make it through there. Well, we've been talking about, of course, uh, our automobile culture, which we have here in Indiana. Uh, the, we, we love our cars. Uh, mass transit, though, many say, is, is the, uh, the future, and not just the future, but the present, and it needs to be emphasized. Uh, we've seen legislation now several sessions that would provide funds or at least a funding mechanism for mass transit improvements here in Indianapolis and in surrounding counties. Uh, it actually, the Senate for the first time uh, passed uh, a funding mechanism this session, and uh, is, this the, is this the year for that, Ed Soliday? I, I, I think we're hoping that something will get out this year. We just heard it in the House yesterday. Um, it's less than I would like to see because it bans uh, light rail, and, and if you look at polling from the area, light rail polls a little better than expanding buses. But the hearings we did last year, 45 witnesses, 43 of them, and most of them under the age of 45. Now, there's, there's a generational gap between my generation who always wanted a car and the young people today, young professionals who say, I don't care about cars. I want a cool place to live. I want to be able to go from place to place on mass transit. and. It takes any transportation system, you're looking at six to 10 to 20 years for a runway to get it built. So you have to be a little head of the market in your thinking. Uh, I think we, we actually came out 12 to one yesterday. Um, I think we need to put something out there. That bill has a referendum, let the people speak. Uh, a number of us believe on a bipartisan way that mass transit is regional. Regionals ought to run it, regionals ought to pay for it. Of course, uh, that, and I'm sure you have uh, some hooting and hollering from mayors uh, who would hear you say that, and yet the, the legislation as it stands now would put uh, parameters. Uh, there would not be, for instance, light rail allowed. Uh, there uh, would be a requirement, I think, of at least 25% contribution on the part of riders and users. Yeah. Uh, are there too many uh, limitations or, or edicts that attach to these, the so-called home rule legislation, do you think? Perhaps. Um, I, I think uh, everybody would have probably been a little more comfortable had we not uh, had to kind of limit the light rail aspect. Uh, I think we heard in testimony in committee and we heard from other members of the committee who would have liked to see the locals decide that for themselves, let, make that a regional decision. Uh, but for the purposes of, of moving the bill, uh, it's been a you know, tough haul over the last couple of years, uh, I think it was in everybody's interest to kind of get a workable bill, as the mayor of Indianapolis said, get, get our toe in the door and, and get this thing moving. 
Uh, but I also wanted to, to piggyback a little bit on, on uh, Representative Soliday's comments. One of the things that really caught my attention during the, the five-hour hearing that we had last year uh, on mass transit were the, the litany of young people who would go to the microphone and say, I'm coming out of college with $20,000 in debt. I don't want to add a car. I don't want to have $20,000 in, in, in an automobile. Uh, so they are, I think, looking for places that will take care of that, places like uh, you know, Colorado, Chicago. So if, if Indianapolis uh, in the central Indiana region doesn't kind of get with it, I'm afraid we're going to lose a lot of talent. And Mayor, I've seen you nodding, so well, uh, I'll let you uh, speak as well as nod. Yeah. <laughs> this is clearly something you want to see happen. It is, and we're excited that hopefully it'll, it'll get out this year. Uh, yes, the limitations are a little more than we have, would have liked. But you still want light rail, right? Yeah, I mean, light rail is important to uh, certainly us. Our surveys certainly say that. Probably a 15% differential between those who would ride a bus and those who would uh, ride light rail. 15% more of our people, according to our survey, would uh, go and, and more likely use light rail. Plus, we own the rail right, right away, uh, all the way to Noblesville. However, um, uh, you're right, the people have changed. The younger folks uh, want to find a place. And I know Mayor Ballard and all of us have talked about that. You know, unlike you, you go wherever the job is, uh, as we did, uh, many young people, uh, talented young people, want to go and live in the Midwest. It's a great place to raise a family or some place where they can ski or wherever. But nonetheless, for central Indiana, uh, they want to, they like the values, they like the family values and all that, and they want to live here. But they also uh, don't want to have to buy cars or two, three cars. Uh, they want the opportunity to, to live and work and be able to ride from place to place. And that sentiment, do you think, translates uh, almost certainly into a thumbs up from voters if this in fact does get to uh, I, the I think so. Um, I think it's, uh, there's a lot of sales that uh, still, and I, I'm a salesman so that's not a bad word to me, but there's a lot of motivation to make sure that that happens. But I think people do understand the value of it, um, certainly would like it as another addition. And from an employer standpoint, I know we're, um, as people come to work at some of the industry in, in Noblesville, and we have a fair amount considering our size, it's important to get people there to and from. And so uh, that's why another way that light rail certainly would help both us as individuals but also our employers. And Troy Woodruff, I'm getting a wrap-up signal, but I mean, is this funding mechanism of the referendum, some lawmakers say, gee, if we give it to these five, six, it's up to seven counties now, everybody's going to want to do it, the South Shore, railroad extension, maybe that's something that the counties up in the region should have the ability to impose these vote to impose these taxes. Philosophically, is the department uh, in favor of that or not? Well, philosophically for us, the only dog we have in this fight is uh, we administer the public mass transit fund. And so with that fund, we all these cities, uh, uh, towns, et cetera, that have bus services, uh, you know, that fund goes there equitably. So as long as, um, you know, whatever the legislature decides and the governor uh, decides whether he supports that or not, uh, that that we would that's the only role we would play is passing through that money. Um, but in this case, I don't think this impacts that. So um, I think it's the will of the voters. Sounds like the ball is squarely in the legislature's court, as it always is. Uh, thank you all for being here for this discussion. I appreciate it. Again, my guests have been Republican Representative Ed Soliday of Valparaiso, Democratic Representative Dan Forrestall of Indianapolis, Troy Woodruff of the Indiana Department of Transportation, and Noblesville Mayor John Ditzler.